Um, so I had to speak with people in custody um, and sort of give them the same hope that was given to me. I sit down with probably three or four people a week um, and sort of just have a conversation with them and, and explain to them that it is possible to, to get out of jail and to stay drug free because I, said, like, I didn't think it was. A forensic client manager at Shepparton Addiction Rehabilitation Centre, The Cottage, Shepparton's Aaron Gilhooley is miles away from where he was three years ago, addicted to drugs and selling ice. Today, he's completely clean, a loving partner to Brianna, father of two to stepson Luca and son Carter, and working to help others turn their lives around. So just to start off with, Erin, could you tell me, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? I really don't know what I wanted to. Like, uh, there was a, obviously, you know, there was a fireman, the police officer and sort of stuff. But I, as I started to grow up, um, so my mum works in um, counselling and helping people. And I think from probably, I think probably my early teens, that's really what I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to, to help people and sort of give back to and help someone, help someone like, like me or something like that. Growing up in Shepparton with his mum, stepdad and younger brother, Aaron was surrounded by substance abuse from a young age, including in his family and his friendship circles. I started drinking when I was about 12. I started smoking cannabis when I was about 13. Um, that sort of goes along with my, my life there. Like, so I started you know, just messing up a little bit when I was pretty young. I was very in denial with my addiction for a quite a long time, but I think it's really started to show about 16 or 17. Every weekend I had to be either drinking or, or using drugs of some sort, otherwise I, I suppose during time I felt like I was missing out, or I felt, you know, just I didn't feel, didn't feel right. By the time he was 22, Aaron had completed his first stint behind bars, spending two weeks in remand for possessing GHB, a psychoactive drug, But the jail time did nothing to shake his developing addictions. And after a relationship of four years ended messily in his early 20s, he succumbed entirely to daily substance abuse. 20s is when I was using a different sort of substance every day, whether it was alcohol or GHB or or ice or cannabis or something. The more Aaron used, the more reckless he became. Especially when I started using ice every day, like I started to notice, like I'd always tell myself, like I'd never use heroin or I'd I'd never sell ice or I'd never, you know, do this or do that. And it just, like, that's just kept, that just, all those walls just kept falling down. I just kept doing more and more (laughs) reckless stuff. In 2016, Aaron flew to Cairns in an attempt to detox. Been using juice for about, I was GHB for about four or five months straight. Um, And I'd lost my job and I went to, I flew up to Cairns to, to try and detox. I got some Valium and and went up there. I was in a, a hotel for about 10 days and like, I just needed to come home. Like I just, I, I was telling myself, like I was tricking myself into every reason as to why I would, like, you know, why I was going to go back. I was going to rehab and all this sort of stuff. I just wanted to go back and use drugs. That's what I did like on the train on the way home. I was organising to, to go somewhere and use drugs. In hindsight, that was definitely the, when I realised it was out of control. Um, I ended up in jail probably six months after that. Aaron was arrested after police raided his mother's house, seizing his stash of drugs and illegal firearms. Um, that was probably one of the lowest points of my life. In 2018, Aaron spent another three weeks behind bars, remanded for drug possession. By then, jail was becoming a comfortable cycle, and Aaron was prepared to spend more time in a cell. And I'd met all these people in jail that just made it so much easier to to sell when I got out, and that's what I did. I think within 
Within four hours of getting out, I was not just using again, but I was trying to traffic drugs again. Despite their stranglehold on his life, Aaron was still in deep denial about his addictions. I used to you know, say, you know, why is this stuff even illegal? Um, you know, the, the, the denial was very strong and you know, I could definitely find a different reason to why I was going to use, but then I didn't, I didn't really know too much about addiction. Like I was, I'd tell myself that I could stop at any time, you know, and like there was times that I'd, I'd get up in the morning, like I'm not going to have any today, within an hour I'd be using again, but there were times when I'd say that I wasn't going to do it, I just I didn't know why. In 2018, Aaron spent another three weeks behind bars, remanded for drug possession. By then, jail was becoming a comfortable cycle, and Aaron was prepared to spend more time in a cell. Like when I spoke to the lawyer, I said, you know, I just, you know, I'll just do the time. But a phone call with his mum the day before he was set to face court changed the direction of Aaron's life. Um, and I, I would only call my mum once a fortnight. Like I didn't really want to know what was going on, uh, but I called her the, the day before I was supposed to get the bus to come here to appear for court. Um, I spoke to her and she said that the girl that I'd been seeing had come around um, and she'd been crying, like that I'd been locked up, obviously. I didn't have any respect for myself. Like I didn't think that I, I didn't think that I was going to be any more than just a drug dealer, you know, a low-life criminal. Um, but she was, though she was at my house crying, you know, that you know, things are fair and um, I suppose that, that realisation being in custody and that, you know, that someone actually could see something better than what I could see myself. Um, so when I come down there on the Monday, I could tell my lawyer, like, I actually want to go to rehab. I, I'd never, I'd never thought, like, I'd, I'd thought about it before, but it was ne- never anything that I was ever going to put to, put into practice. I did an assessment in the cells here in Shepparton, um, and I got released that afternoon. On May 4th, 2018, a day he will never forget, Aaron was bailed to the cottage. Um, and it was probably definitely the, the best thing I've ever, I'd ever done. The lady that interviewed me, um, I, I'd used with prior to coming into the cottage. Um, and, you know, sort of just sitting down with her and having a conversation with her, just, she was sort of explaining to me that it is possible. Um, I didn't think it was going to be possible. Um, you know, like when I was selling drugs, there was people 40, 50, 60, you know, even 70 year olds, you know, using, so I thought that was going to be my life. But having a conversation with her and, and you know, knowing that it is possible, and it, it definitely did help. For the next four months, Aaron learned about living life drug free and connected with other clients who truly understood his experiences. The very first meeting I heard was, you know, that I'm not alone in my addiction. That was. Obviously, like you know, was I, my addiction is very, very strong. I learned about the t- about the twelve steps, about the NA program, um, and really just about I suppose about living life drug free. It's now been three years since Aaron first walked into the cottage. And in, in those three years, I've achieved stuff that I, I couldn't even dream of. Like I have a house, I have a car, I have a couple of cars, I have a motorbike, like all that sort of stuff. I, I dream of, you know, like. They're living that high life during addiction. I've actually been able to achieve, and it's just by by living clean, staying cleaner, and and working with the program. Working at the cottage and starting a family with his partner Brianna, Aaron has a lot in his life to be thankful for, and many reasons to keep fighting against addiction. Coming home and having a loving partner and and the kids, it, it definitely makes me know that I'm doing the right thing. Given my my past, if um, you know, if if the police you know ever called me drugs again, I'm sure DHS or someone would get involved pretty quickly, and I'd lose my kids, and that's that's the, the absolute last thing that I want. That definitely motivated my partner um, and and this place.
um, being able to give people an opportunity like was given to me. For crisis support and counselling, contact Direct Line, a confidential alcohol and drug counselling referral service in Victoria on 1800 888 236 or call Lifeline, a 24-hour crisis support and suicide prevention service for all ages on 13 11 14. In an emergency, call triple zero.